Blue and white found your firearms down by the Hudson River. Here you go, Terry. You know what? I'm going to hang on to the wooden gun. To give you back my real gun? No. We're going to give you this. It's a rape whistle. You blow that if you're in any trouble, and someone actual gun will come and help you out. Good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 132 of Dude and a Monkey. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and I am joined by... Ian Loring. Hello, folks. Uh, this this week, we've got uh, not as advertised, because I didn't get a chance to go and see uh, Paranormal Activity final movie, but I'm sure... I'll talk about it, yeah. We'll talk about it in ease what I've been watching. Uh, instead, we're going to uh, give you a main review of the uh, recent Eli Roth film, uh, Knock Knock. Uh, we both... Watched it this week, and it's a fairly new release. Uh, and uh, to be honest, I think we'll probably get quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of mileage out of it. Yeah. It's, it, it. It's kind of in your wheelhouse, particularly as well. I think. It so, is, yeah, I agree. It's indeed it is. Um, uh, we'll also give you some one old one new, and uh, we will uh, have some, some one old one new. What? Oh no, one well, one new. No, we won't do that. We'll give you some what you've been watching. Uh, and uh, we'll chat some trailers. Well, one trailer. Uh, Ian might have some more. He went to the cinema. Uh, and we will answer some Twitter questions that we've got. We've got a couple of really good ones this week, actually. Um, yes. And, Ian, has there anything that's happened uh, this week uh, that, that we should talk about? It was Back to the Future Day, which drove me insane. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. It, uh, seriously. When it is making, like, primetime news, your dickhead... Prime Minister is referencing it, and then you get people like um, Manchester City uh, um, actually put out a picture of Bakri Sanya stood with two thumbs up next to a DeLorean because, do you know why? Do you know why? Why? Because his nickname's Bak. Cool. It, it's just. I, it's. It, I mean, it's, it's fine. It's nice for people to like things. It's just, it was weird. Just how evasive it got into ev- like just everything seemed to have some aspect of Back to the Future Day to it on Wednesday, and I mean uh, Jesus Christ, the, the people that are behind like the trilogy screenings they did must have been fucking delighted. Oh, it was because I mean there were um, at our local view, uh, my nephew wanted to go, uh, and every screening was sold out. And they had, they had two or three different sort of runs of it going at the time. Um, 
because it had been so popular. And that's that's incredible. You know, you know and yeah, I'm not one to scoff at people enjoying things or anything like that, but it, it, it did seem to get a little bit of a life of its own. This, this... Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not that bothered about that. I want you to help me answer a question on an unrelated topic. Go on, then. Apple TV, the new one. Yes. Should be out this week, apparently. Yeah. What What do you reckon? I'm tempted, but price will dictate how tempted. Thing is, I've got an Apple TV now, mm. and um, I really like it. And I, I mean, like I said, I said to you guys on the WhatsApp yesterday as well. I, for some reason, I was looking through my um, uh, my iTunes like films, and. I was like, like looking at a new hope and I thought, oh yeah, go on then. And I was having a look at the extras and they'd added a bunch of extras and iTunes are doing this now. The iTunes extras that come out, they're actually adding to them. The Lego movie, Harry Potter and this are three that I've found so far. And with this, it's interesting because they didn't have an awful lot on them. Um, when they first came out on iTunes. But obviously with the Force Awakens push, mm. it's, you know, there, there, there are reasons for this. But now it's got audio commentaries, two on each film. Um, it's got a bunch of deleted scenes on, on them. It's got, I think, pretty much all the content from the DVDs is now on the iTunes extras. And the I think they, like, uh, the only stuff that's really missing off the, off the from the Blu-ray releases is um, the disc of um, documentaries and spoofs, even though some of the documentaries are in there. The Star Wars spoofs thing, it's just an hour and a half stream of spoofs of other things doing Star Wars, which I have no interest in whatsoever. Yeah. So I thought, fuck it. And I bought I bought the whole Star Wars load on iTunes because I, it was just like, right, this I, digital Ian is something I want to happen. And yes, iTunes could take this stuff away, but they're probably not going to because what what would be the point of devaluing their content? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, it's kind of that kind of leads into trailer talk as well. But I, I'm I'm very intrigued by the new Apple TV with like the the kind of the intelligent search thing where you put in the name of a film or a TV program and it tells you any app on Apple TV that is currently has currently got it. See, that's really, really good. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, it, it, I mean, do we know price yet? Uh, or is that something that's not in, released? In the US, it's $149 for the 32 gig and 199 for the 64 gig. We always get fucked on Apple products, though, in this country, don't we? Yeah, I don't think it's quite the dollar amount is the pound amount. Mm. But I could see it being... 129 and 179. Yeah, that's what I would have thought. 179, which sounds about right. Um, I, I am tempted. I like that. Is it is it voice activated? Yeah, you, yeah. You can you can say, hey Siri, show me. I don't know, Whiplash or something yeah, like that. Or... You see that? I've said to Becky, once somebody does that, I don't care if it's just a toy. I don't care. Once somebody does that. That's when I'll go for that. And Amazon have done it on their Fire Fire Stick, and I, I like the idea of A having a Fire Stick in my TV, 
and B, what is it? But then again, I'm also very well aware of the fact that it's Amazon and it probably won't work properly because they'll have probably made it out of old fucking biscuit tins and bits that they found. Um, but yeah, the Apple TV it is really making me go, I don't need it. It's probably everything that's on it is probably on my PS4. But so what? I want a unified one thing for all my shit. And I think the Apple TV is going to be the closest it's going to come for me now at this point. So, yeah, the the universal search thing, I like. The fact you can just talk to it, I like that as well. And, I mean, like, the usability of the Apple TV as it is now is is fine, yeah. Um, this new one looks prettier. It is more powerful. There's going to be uh, there's going to be an app store for it, which there isn't for the the Apple TV at the moment. I'm I'm very I'm I'm I'm, I'm unless they come out and say it's 150 quid for the base model, I think I'll probably go for it. Yeah, I, I could I could definitely see me go cracking and going ah fuck it why not. It's it's just also the kind of like the day one early adopter thing is something that appeals to me. So <laughs> get in there, get in there early, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like you know, if anything did go wrong with it, Apple like customer service is pretty much the best customer service experience, like experience you'll have. Yeah, and, and so as well, I've started. Um, I've gone back into kind of like the the renting um, sphere a little bit now. Oh, okay, yeah. Where cause I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm not buying anywhere near uh, as many uh, Blu-rays as I used to. I mean, that, I think this year I think I've maybe bought four, maybe, mm. which is I used to buy like four a week. Um, so I'm looking at that. But for instance, there's certain stuff where, being honest and hold my hands up, I could quite easily just go on uh, onto um, BitTorrent, BitTorrent, and just get it from there. But there's other bits where I go, do you know what? Can I be asked? For instance, uh, I rented um, Pan's Labyrinth, uh, Kronos, uh, not Devil's Backbone, but Pan's Labyrinth and Kronos for the uh, the last cast we did. Now, I, for a start off, I, didn't, I thought I had Kronos, but I didn't. I could quite easily have downloaded it, but then I've had to dick about putting the subtitles into it and all that shit, or I could have just rented it off uh, Amazon Prime, which I did in the end, and it cost me £3.50 for yeah. a, a HD copy. Fine with that. Uh, I've got Pan's Labyrinth, um, but because half my DVDs are in my wardrobe in my bedroom, uh, I know it's in there, and I know it's in there, but I looked at it and thought, if I could pay a child £3.50 to go through that to find (laughs) it for me, I would. So why don't I just watch it in HD on Amazon Prime on my PS? That's it. There we go. So I did that. So, to me, that was seven quid spent, and I got two films out of it, and I am happy to do that. And I started thinking, and thinking well, you know, there, there is points where I want to watch something, and I've not got it, and I can't find it out there. So, I'll look, and I'll go, oh, there it is, on, on Blah, and I'll rent it, and I'll happily do that there. Also, as well, whenever I rent something from US iTunes, I watch it on my laptop. Well, if I've got Apple TV, I can just do it and watch it there. I mean, the, the, I mean, the handy thing I find as well with the, uh, the Apple TV thing is the fact it's so integrated into the iPad as well. Um, because, like, when Lottie goes to sleep, usually she goes to sleep on the sofa downstairs. She just falls asleep on there and we just leave her to it for a bit. So I've got the option of either watching something on my iPad with earphones or watching it on the big screen with the Apple TV. 
So it's like I kind of have the best of both worlds. And the, the iTunes extras work on the iPad as well. So it, it just it's so all integrated nicely. And like if you start a film on the TV and pause it and you start watching it on the iPad, it resumes where it left off on the TV. It's it's things like that that I'm just like, fuck it. I, I'm I'm fine. I'm I'm going to run the risk of, con, uh, uh, you know, the fact that 20 years time the content may be taken away from me. By that time, I'd probably have it in a better in a better quality anyway. You know, because I mean, like Pan's Labyrinth, I bought it on iTunes 4.99. That's that's not bad. You see that? Yeah, th- I mean, this week only, but still. But, but even with that, there, I, I I don't own a single digital copy of a movie. Um, I, 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 I passed a hundred iTunes films today. Yeah, you see, I don't own a single, a single one. But, and, and, and to be honest, I wouldn't pay nine ninety nine or twelve ninety nine for the digital ticket to, to own a movie. I just wouldn't um, on a new release. There's no fucking way I'm doing that. I would prefer to go and buy the Blu-ray if I was going to buy it. Um, but that, Pan's Labyrinth there at four ninety nine, I'd have gone, hmm, ah, fuck it, why not? No Country for Old Men. Bought that today, three ninety nine. See, there, I'd have bought that. that. They're the sort of things that I would go, there you go, and I would happily build up a nice little a, a nice little digital library. Um, and, you know, if it's presented to me in a nice way, then I, I, I like that idea as well. So I, I, I'm coming around to it, but I, I still like the idea of a physical, a physical copy, <laughs> but just less so than I did. I, I just I'm starting to see it as clutter and stuff I will sell eventually anyway. At least with a digital copy, I don't have that choice. It's like you fucking bought it, you've got it, live with it. Well, I actually kind of like that dictatorship. Yeah. I feel better. I was talking to somebody about um, about my um, DVDs the other day, uh, and they were saying, "Well, why don't you sell them?" I said, "Well, I, I might do." I said, "But." Uh, and he said, "Well, you, you you should, you know, you know, you'll get even if you only get, you know, only make a pound per one on average. Um, then you know, how many have you got?" And I was like, four thousand nearly." And he's like, "Oh, and yeah, can you imagine turning up at the post office saying, can you just um, give me proof of postage for all of these, please?'" Mm. I said, this, you know, I said, it, it, it would take, I would say, quite literally, probably a year and a bit for me to sell all of them. Or I'd sell them in one bit, one big collection, which I get next to nothing for. That's it. I mean, like, like I've said on the show previously, if somebody said, "I will give you five hundred quid to just take all your Blu-rays off your hands," I'd do it. If somebody said turned up me right now and said, "I will give you a thousand pounds to take off all of your DVDs," because I've got a lot, yeah. uh, I'd probably go, "Yeah, fuck it, I'll do that." But no one is going to do that. But also, as well, for instance, I can't sell a. 16-year-old DVD copy of American Psycho that's uh, case is slightly fucking weather-worn because it's all faded because it was facing the light at some point. You know, that is just literally bin. You see, that's the thing. I've got a digital copy of American Psycho, 599 It's yeah. mine now. There you go. Not... You see, I, I, am, I am starting to come around to that. And like I say, if it's presented to me in a very pretty way, I think I could possibly get more behind it. Which is what Apple does. It's, yeah, you see, yeah, there's it, that, yeah. yeah. Even they, they change the artwork on things occasionally. I like, I like that, though. Yeah. I, I like that. Because they, they did with American Psycho, and actually, the new artwork on, on it's way better. <laughs> so. Yeah, see, I, I like that idea. I, I like, I like, I, 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 
what I'll do is I'll wait and see what you think of it for a week and then decide whether or not I'm going to yeah, get see it. if I've sold it after a see week. See if I've sold it after a week. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ian, trailers. Um, have you watched any or have you watched one? Fucking hell. I'm, do you know what? I'm racking my brain and I I swear I've seen some other ones, but I've, I've watched the episode seven one like every day since it's come out, apart from today. Yeah. I watched it twice yesterday. Did you? Like... The thing is, I don't like it as much as the first two. No. But there's the music is re after where it says this Christmas, and then there's a shot of the Millennium Falcon. That it like it's got the music from the end of Empire Strikes Back, but in a kind of like a rousing new orchestration, and it's fucking boner inducing. It's I am very excited. I have booked the morning of it of force awakens opening off so i can go and see the force awakens have you booked your ticket yet yeah ah good yeah i I renewed i renewed my cineworld unlimited because through my work i got it for 131 quid again um which you know for it's like 11 quid a month and I'm just going to go and see whatever the fuck I want. So I, I had to go for a 3D show in because I had to go, like, it's 9.30 in the morning. It's the first one. But the film, I think the film's over two hours long. There's going to be so many ads and trailers before it. that so if I want to get into work for one o'clock, I had to go for the half nine, which is in 3D, which I'm not thrilled about. But at the same time, if there was a film I'd like to think would be good in 3D, I'd like to think it would be a Star Wars one. And the, the post-convert of Phantom Menace, which came out in 3D, actually wasn't that bad. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm very excited. Shall we shall we talk about we're actually going to do a marathon, aren't we? We are. Yeah. Yeah, we are going to do the, uh, the we're going to do all the Star Wars movies, essentially. Um You know, it, it's a big event, you know, uh, it's now a thing. And I, I, I am trying desperately to not kind of um, essentially not get involved with it because it's not my it's not my thing and I don't want to be one of those dickheads who's going yeah but that I don't want to be that guy I want people to to kind of to, to be enjoying it so when the poster came out a couple of weeks ago and I looked at it and went oh that's fucking that's that's horrible why 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 are people making me look at this I, I tried to keep quiet uh, because I, I don't want to be a sniffy twat but I what I'm hoping is that when we watch the the, the, the films back, um, that I'll maybe I haven't watched all of them. I watched a couple. Of, I watched uh, Star Wars last year, and it, it did nothing for me. But I'm hoping that if, when I watch them back, that maybe it, it'll ignite a little bit of. Do you know what? You know, I, I, I'm more on board. I'll never be one of those people who gets obsessively involved in it. But yeah, all right. Here we go. I'm, 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 I'm in that frame of mind. You've got me. You've got me excited for this because right now I'm just like I'm excited that everybody else is excited about it, and I hope it's good for everybody else because I don't want everybody to be disappointed. Essentially, I'm not that much of a twat. I don't want to be the, uh, the ah. You see, I told you it'd be shit guy. So I'm, I'm that we're gonna do each of the Star Wars movies running up to it. But what order are we doing them in? Oh, I'll start with episode one. So that's Phantom Menace. Yeah. Right, so we're doing it in the... We're not doing it in order of release, we're doing it in order of story. No, just because I think leading up to Force Awakens, it makes it, it makes sense to do it in the chronology of, of the actual story itself, I'd say. Yep. Um, so, yeah, and also, frankly, you get you get the real shit out of the way. <laughs> yeah, that, that could be it. It could be a little bit like... I, I could be after... Is it Return of the Jedi? Is that the third one? 
Was it Revenge Ellie? of the Sith? What, 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 what do you mean original, the third one? The original third one. Oh, yeah, Return of the Jedi, yeah. Return of the Jedi. I, I could be after Return of the Jedi going, yes! All right, I'm excited now! And then, like, three weeks later going, what the fuck? Yeah. No, exactly. This is it. I mean, I, I will say going into it, my order at the moment, and I, I actually watched four, five, and six uh, over the Easter break earlier this year. I I saw one, I, I saw one, two, and three. Whenever episode one 3D came out in the cinemas, it was February, I want to say 2012, maybe, because it was before Disney bought Lucasfilm, they did that. Um, but yeah, I watched the one, two and three at that point as well. At the moment, my order from favorite to least is, um, actually five, six, four. I prefer Jedi to a new hope personally at the moment, five, six, four, three, one, two, um, attack of the clones is, the fucking worst. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. Yeah, that starts not next week, the week after, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I think I worked it out correctly. I was a little bit tipsy, but I think I worked it out correctly that to do it one a week and then do episode seven the next week, we've got to start it not next week, but the week after. Yeah, so that'll be starting not next week, the week after, which I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. You know, I was, I was wanting to rewatch them anyway uh, and doing one a week will be will be good that but also it'll be we hope it'll be an entertaining listen uh, when you've got somebody who's a, a big fan in, in, in Ian and somebody who isn't a their shit and I don't like them but he's very much uh, they're not they're not for me if we were both if we were both fans I wouldn't suggest it we won't be doing it but it, it'll be interesting to come at it from a new angle and plus I've I've not seen uh, Jedi or Empire in probably 20 odd years probably longer probably like 25 years um and i've not seen i've only seen uh the second trilogy uh once uh each of them um so yeah i to get back in what did you think of the trailer trailer uh i i i thought it looked a little bit messy to be honest i don't think it was i don't think it didn't seem as it didn't seem as polished as the other ones um building atmosphere it seemed a little bit like they were going look it's blah and look here's this and here's this and look at this and here's this and here's this and here's it this. was a little bit this. shark characters at the screen yeah it, it, yeah it was it was uh, it was it was messy uh it, it looked it looked like an advert it, it looked a little bit like um credits to the star wars tv show uh <laughs> if they were doing that it was a little bit like that sure um but I did like the previous two trailers, you know. I, I, you know, even somebody who who doesn't have that emotional connection to it, I still was going, yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, all right. Um, but with this one, I was very much going, mm, that looks dull. I yeah, I'm not going to say it looks dull, but I see at all. But I see what you mean about it looking messy. I mean the trailer being messy anyway. Yeah, um, yeah I, I'm. I'm going to say now, I think Adam Driver's a one-film-only character. I think he's going to get killed off at the end of Episode 7. Um, and I'm I, I, I'm kind of intrigued to see what, what's going on with Mark Hamill. Yeah, because a lot has been made of that. Yeah, like I love the idea that some have been bandying about that he's going to turn out to be the big bad of the new trilogy and he's basically gone to the dark side. I love that idea. It kind of doesn't make any sense given the end of Return of the Jedi, but at the same time, 
I, I'm a fan of that. <laughs> you see, I, I, to me, that sounds like it's something, somebody who doesn't know the stories or anything like that very well. That sounds like to me, I, well, that, that seems, that seems a little bit like a, an obvious thing that would, ha- that would happen. But I get the feeling if I said that to a Star Wars fan, they'd go, what? No. No, I mean, because the, the, the thing is, it's like, at the, the, I mean, the end of Return of the Jedi is, you know, Luke triumphing over the dark side, getting his father to essentially repent, um, and, and, you know, and, and, and I don't know, save the day. But the idea of like, uh, you know, what they say in the dark night, you, you stick around long enough you, you, as a hero, you see yourself become the villain. I'm paraphrasing, but I kind of, I kind of like that idea, but I think it's more likely that, you know, we're not seeing him because it's just going to be a big reveal in the film. And yeah, you know, that he'll be a a very much a bit part in this one, possibly more involved in the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. eh? So, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, Jesus Christ, we're going to be talking enough about Star Wars in the coming weeks anyway. So yeah, I am. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it as as a marathon. Uh, It should be, should be pretty damn fun. Um, any other trailers you've watched? Or was that pretty much? I, genuinely, I can't think of anything. I actually got to Paranormal Activity late because I went to see it after work, and I was stuck on a call for um, about five ten minutes after I was supposed to go. And by the time I got to the cinema, it had already started, so I didn't see anything. Yeah. Oh, what one weird thing! Just quickly jumping back. Um, when we went to see uh, Crimson Peak last week, uh, they forgot to put the adverts in before it. Any trailers as well? Or? Trailers. Trailers. Uh, there was a couple of adverts you get after the trailers, yeah. uh, then film. But yeah, didn't have any nice. adverts in before. It just literally, it started with um, the thing that says uh, these trailers are blah, blah, blah for the, the film you're watching. And then went in. Like, oh, someone, the fuck? someone forgot to load the fucking ads into yep. the playlist that week then. Yep. I won't fucking complain. <laughs> uh, I had precisely eleven minutes uh, between sitting down and the film starting. That's the what you see. This is the thing. I was kind of surprised that the film had started because it was an eleven fifty showing. I was in work till twelve, and I got. I, I walked into the screen. I think at eighteen minutes past twelve, so it was twenty eight minutes in. Cineworld. If it's anything less than half an hour of ads and trailers, I'm surprised. Yeah. But I walked in and it had already started. It, frankly, it looked like it had probably been on for about two minutes, but it had already started. I have a really anal thing. of, of, of I always check my watch um, as the BBFC title credits card comes up. I always look at my watch just to see what time it is um, so that I know that uh, I, can have, I can open my drink um, within an hour before the end of the film because that's how long I can stand to not pee for. Right. Um, so I will always check my watch at that point. Uh, the longest one I've had was uh, Superman, The Man of Steel, which is 42 minutes worth of trailers and, and ads. And that I was I was fucking fuming about. <laughs> oh, man. What's the longest? I mean, like, Jesus. When Sex and the City came out, weirdly, I remember at the cinema building the... Um, the ads and the trailers for that, and that was fucking retarded. Yeah, but like the ads and the trailers alone almost had to get spooled on as their own separate thing. Um, and that was before the film, and that film was like two and a half hours long as well. Um, I like that. 
yeah, I remember that only just actually fitting on the spool. And there's only two other films I ever remember that happening with, The Godfather and Avatar. <laughs> so The Godfather, Avatar, and Sex and the City. Two. No, well, the first one. First two. One. Like, I, it was funny, too. Bunch of ads the first week, and then it just died a fucking death after that. And then they're, they're like, it was just like nothing, not, like nothing booked on for it. But the first one, for like two or three weeks, those fucking platters were huge. Because Sex and the City was one of the films that I fucking dropped. Um, and I spent a Wednesday midnight till three o'clock basically putting two reels of Sex and the City manually spooling them back onto a platter, oh. uh, which was brutal. Yeah. Um, but it was my fault. Um, should have got somebody to help. Because when you're moving a print, you're supposed to get two people to do it, but we never fucking bothered doing it because you'd have to radio for someone to come from downstairs. That would take two minutes or so, and if you only had five minutes to actually do the thing in the first place, it was just nuts. So, uh, yeah, uh, anyway, uh, Sex and the City, yeah. That and Fred Claus, <laughs> two films that almost got me fired. I, I actually hope that, that, that you quite literally just, with Fred Claus, you just threw it on the floor and start. Is that going to make a difference? Oh, man, that was ridiculous. Like, it just, it got caught up, tangled in the platter. I, compl- I forgot to disengage the motor, so I was working on it. Clipped the little thing that makes the motor run, and then it just flew off the platter. And then... I, I said to them, yeah, I'll get it back up and running in 20 minutes. I, I don't know what I was talking about. So we had to cancel the entire show and the first three shows the day after um, to fix it. So, uh, yeah, that was bad. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that does sound pretty, pretty brutal. Yeah, man. God, fuck me. That was eight years ago. <laughs> Sick. Cool. Uh, right. Uh, our, our feature review, uh, Knock Knock, uh, 2015, uh, Eli Roth. Uh, directed movie. Uh, Eli Roth, a, a director who, who rubs me up the wrong way majoritively. Um, it is a remake uh, of the uh, Peter Trainer film uh, Death Game from 1977. Stars Keanu Reeves, um, Lorenza Izzo, also uh, known as Mrs. Eli Roth, uh, and Anna D. Amais uh, as well. Which, which, which one was that? The Blonde? No, uh, the brunette is. Oh, really? Okay. Is, uh, yes, is, is married to Eli Roth. Um, story is um, Keanu Reeves plays Evan uh, Weber, a architect and happily married man uh, to his wife Karen, um, who is um, that his wife is an artist uh, of some description, um, and it is a holiday weekend, uh, and they are supposed to be going away on holiday to the beach. I think it is mentioned. Uh, but Keanu can't go because he's got to fiddle about uh, with his decks and uh, his 3D printing machine and finish off one of his, his uh, architectural jobs. So he stays back for the weekend along with his dog, Monkey. Uh, and then in the middle of the night, uh, he has a knock on the door and two dripping wet ladies are standing there saying that they uh, are lost uh, and their phone has died because it's uh, got water uh, ingress in it and so could they come in and use his computer to try and find the address for where they need to go and then fun ensues uh ian not knock what did you think uh, it was all right um got better as it went along um i don't believe keanu reeves has ever had any real life interaction with children <laughs> um <laughs> yeah 
Uh, yeah, like, seriously, yeah. fucking brutal. Um, but, um... <laughs> they scare him. Like, he literally turned around on set and went, what, what are they? What is, what is that? What are they? What, yeah. Children? That's what children are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christ, I'm glad I have any of those. They're yeah. Real, aren't they? They're like small he, people. They're people, but small. Fuck. <laughs> no, yeah, no, exactly. Um, I it, I thought it took way too fucking long to get going. I mean, in terms of the, like, the setup's fine. Then when the girls come round, and it, it's got to be half an hour before he, uh, he fucks them. Mm, right. but, and it's just, I get, why it's taking that long because he's really got to be persuaded um even though considering like the way it ends up it's just like well he may as well it may as well have just taken half that time and you still would have thought the same about that character you know he shouldn't have done it i mean it asks it asks some interesting questions um reeves's character goes through quite the quite the arc i like how the the different places his character goes to it's quite a complicated little arc um uh, and i mean it's it's shot fairly well i will say i knew what the final shot was going to be in the opening credits it was just like right okay you've got this massive long tracking shot through this house the, and it's all nice and perfect. The film is going to end with a tracking shot through the house and it's all trashed. Mm. That is how it's going to end. And so it did. But I mean, I, yeah, I thought I thought it was all right. It's not it's not in my wheelhouse particularly. And I'll be absolutely honest. I fast forwarded through the sex scenes because I had the scene because I got uncomfortable. <laughs> like it just I'm. I, I, I suppose I'm fairly conservative with with that kind of thing. Even though I did I did go and watch Fifty Shades of Grey and whatnot, but the idea of a married man just like taking some cajoling, but then fucking these two women, it it actually and like with his kid, like you know, because his kids were about and whatnot earlier on, I actually found that quite upsetting. Like not upsetting, but just something I didn't particularly want to watch. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, uh, Mark, what do you think? Well, as you say, this this is more in my wheelhouse because I I I, I adore erotic thrillers um, and I I I I, I enjoy sleaze as well. Um, you know, I, I'm going to talk about two, a film later on, which is exactly that, uh, which I watched you know off the back of watching this. There's a couple of films actually that I've watched off the back of, of Not Knock that's inspired me to to, to rewatch. Um, I found not not to be the same film where it's a little bit like a like a McDonald's bacon double cheeseburger in the fact that um, while you while you're eating it and everything like that you know it's got enough kind of substance and salt and flavour and everything like that uh, for you to go huh this is all right this is all right uh, it, it's only if you think about what you are actually eating um, which you know is all this um, complete fucking additives filled and preservative filled crap which is quite literally probably eating the inside of your stomach um you know so quickly that the only thing you can do to stop it is to shit it out which you will do later um and you you it will give you an digestion that is the thing with not knock if i think about it more than just what was happening on screen if i go in at any of the 
the ideas behind it or the uh, the politics or the themes behind it, it, it not only does it start to unravel, it starts to go a little bit like, fucking really, really, Eli, are we are we still on with this? You know, it's it's a nice looking film. It's it it's a funny cast movie. Uh, like you say, Keanu Reeves' interaction with children is is hilarious. Some of the best lines in it, I don't think, are intended to be quite as funny as they are. Um, I did like both of the the lead girls, even though neither of them are great actresses, uh, but one of them was fun and kind of spunky, uh, and the other one was incredibly pretty. So it, it, it kind of made me go, do you know what? They're not great actresses, but I'm happy enough to spend time with them. There's a theme that that they that, that tries to get thrown out there um, in the case of where they're trying to convince um, Keanu Reeves' character that they're underage, uh, which straight away his first reaction to that should be, "No, you're fucking not. Yeah, you're not underage. Don't be it." And he isn't. He kind of worries for a little bit, and then he kind of goes, "Nah, fuck it. You're, I'm calling you bluff." And when he calls their bluff, they, they, they give in. But then they bring it back later on, and he all of a sudden starts to believe that they're 15, which felt a little bit like, oh, come on, you don't you don't even need that in the movie. Mm. You know, it was all right to have it introduced where it was. That was fine. But then for the whole thing about what they're trying to do, which is they're trying, they're punishing him for cheating on his wife. That's the whole crux of the movie, is they have laid down this free pizza, he has eaten it, and now they're pointing at him saying, you shouldn't have eaten that pizza because she made you fucking lasagna. There's there's that idea that's there, and that's fine. Don't then constantly call him a, a pedo-ass and a paedophile when he's clearly not. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a very, yeah, I think that's a very good, good point, actually. Yeah. It's... That the moral objection is already is already perfectly valid. You don't need to, you don't need to pile on. Yeah, and I, it it almost made me think: Is Eli Roth trying to get us to think that they're underage? Because a, I don't, and b, that's worrying. If Eli Roth, a man whose wife is seventeen years younger than him, wants us to think that those girls and the way that they are acting. And the way that they look, That's a good point. Yeah. fifteen years old, it all throws back into my constant issue that I have with Eli Roth. In the fact is that he's very frat boy creepy. He is a little bit like if one of those girls, if, if he did meet a fifteen-year-old girl who was really fucking filthy, and he thought he could get away with it, he kind of would. I mean, this. I mean, that's the thing. Like the the film brings up kind of interesting ideas, like the fact that you know he says. You know, you pretty much forced me to do it. Is I'm paraphrasing, but like that that, that whole free fucking pizza um, um, uh, monologue is is basically that. And I, I would have liked more. I mean, it's, this isn't the film for it, but I would have liked more exploration of that idea. Mm. You know, and, and and you know, because in the end of the day, he is guilty. He should he shouldn't have done it. But I think it brings up interesting, you know, an interesting point in like how many men would have actually would have actually done that, given the situation and what they were doing. I mean, it's almost comes to a point where they're they're, they're like. I mean, like, I I don't know, it's almost 
if you were in that situation, you'd pretty much, just through natural reaction alone, be on the verge of fucking ejaculating anyway. Obviously, I mean, it is sort of referenced uh, later on. But, but, but the actual act of doing it, I under, like, is like is morally reprehensible. Yes, but from a natural bodily point of view, yeah, it's it's almost. I mean, it, it, you put them in a taxi, then go and jerk off. Yeah, this yes, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah, and then, and, then, and then you tell your friends about it, and they don't believe you. They think yeah. you're over exaggerating it completely, and that's fine. But it, there's a point I think later on in the movie where um, Bell. Uh, the... so I, I will just say, if I was ever, if I was ever in that situation, that is exactly what I would do. I, I you know, I, I, I just be like, right, okay, I'm just going to have to deal with this downstairs. I'd probably only be about ten seconds, yeah. and then I'd be back in the room. I, I, I like my head would now be clear, and it would just be like, get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There would, there would be that. Um, I, I, I'd, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have probably uh, stats a quick thought. Hang on, fucking seriously, these girls are here. And she'd message me back, probably going, just go for it, dude. Go for it, it's fine. Um. But yeah, it, it's there's a point where she she says uh, the blonde girl Belt says, you know, you were the one who I we didn't think was going to do it, and it is like the 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 getting naked and going in the bathroom thing was like the last fucking roll of the dice, and it was it was the thing that kind of quite literally they it tips them over the edge, you know that that's it. The fact that so far it's been suggested, there's a lot of suggestion, yeah. and he could quite easily have made his move, and he hasn't, and he hasn't, and he hasn't. It's only when, you know, because part of it in his mind will have been thinking, no, no, this can't be happening. Well, I mean, his early reactions are like, he's kind of like smiling and almost laughing to himself. Like, it's like he is processing the, what is actually happening here? Yeah. And then, like you say, they do, I mean, it almost comes to the point where, like, like they're they're just gonna jerk him off or something like that, you know. They're just actually gonna do something physical, yeah. Or almost, you know. But I mean, that's the thing. Where would they have stopped? Because well, that... I mean, that's pretty much that is what he says. And as much as what he does is wrong, I think that is a valid question. Where would they have stopped? That's it. That, that, I, you know, that is yeah. It's a, it's a good question. It's an it's an unanswerable question, unfortunately. You know, mm. but there is. That then throws open the whole um, the ridiculous as you get towards you know the end. I mean, this film, it, it again, like I say it, it's a lot of. I, I was having fun with it while it was on. It, it's when you look back at it and you look at the end and you go, well, that's quite a. It, it's quite a jolly kind of, of a way ending. I mean, the end. The ending is like a wah wah yeah. kind of ending. And yeah. then when you go, no. Hang on a minute. Hang yeah. on a minute. They killed a man. A very innocent man as well. A very nice innocent man who had a great line. They he has the best, the best line in the movie. Free fucking pizza is a great line. It's a great line, yeah. But, but the, that, that but line. What is bitch, it? Bitch, you're barking up the wrong tree. I know a... Oh, what is it? I know a dirty asshole when I see one. I'm from Auckland. I know a dirty asshole on a scam when I see one. Yeah. Is 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 brilliant, you know, and and but then they've done that. Not only that, they have uploaded a video to Facebook of one of them, quite simply raping him. Yeah. There's no way of getting around that, and the fact that he's 
buried in the back garden would quite easily, and the fact that he's restrained, would quite easily put, you know, a lot of evidence towards the fact that they have raped and tortured him. Yeah. You know, there's, there's all of that. So it is a little bit like, there's a lot of joviality to the, to the movie when actually what it's dealing with is it, it, it's quite sort of serious stuff. That's and a really good point, actually. The wife comes home, yes, yeah, she sees that thing on Facebook, but if it's literally, the house is trashed, they, you know, our friend is dead, I'm buried in the back garden, do you think I did this all myself? I mean, that literally, literally, all of that is a great get out for him. He could, he, he, he could, he could exploit that and just go, I was forced to, to do it all, otherwise they were going to kill me yeah. like they killed your friend. Yeah. You know, and, and there, there is your acceptance for when it's okay. Oh, and I will say as well, speaking of the ending, why... Why did Eli Roth use Where Is My Mind? Oh, well, yeah, right. Yes, I said to Becky when that started, and I was like, oh. I was like, oh, I should watch it. Oh, no. If you are that movie, if you are that movie, if you are virtually any movie post-1999, you cannot use Where Is My Mind. Like, Observe and Report used it, but it was a cover. Yeah. And it, it was still by Placebo, I believe. It might have been. Yeah. No, actually, no, I don't think it was. I I, I know the, the one you're talking about, but no, I swear it was an American. It, it was, it was, I think it was like Friends of the Directors who did it. Oh, I but yeah. that also accompanies a slow motion, like fully naked man but that, that, running. Because that's, so. that, that's a joke. It's almost like playing. But yeah, it, yeah. You, you, you can't choose the, the, the song that closed Fight Club to close your movie when your movie is not knock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, I don't know what Eli Roth was doing there. It's such a weirdly. Like just non zeitgeist getting point. That I, it, it, I what don't is think he Eli saying? Roth when he's making a movie thinks beyond um, beyond just she look hot there. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. There is there there has been and there never will be an Eli Roth movie exist where you don't have an attractive young woman in jean shorts. No, day, fair enough. The day yeah. that happens is the day that cinema will end as we know it. Mm. I, I reckon even if he ever does make that movie uh, that he made for um, the trailer for for Grindhouse, he'll find a way. He'll find a way for an attractive, probably partially Latino woman to be in um, short shorts. Yeah, I'd go with that. I, I, I mean, it, I mean, it's for, I, will, I will never watch it again. Um, Is he but... a- I'll yeah, I mean, you, yeah, but you, yeah, but you, you'd watch The Loft again. I will watch The Loft again. Yeah, you're you're an idiot. But... I've hovered over The Loft a few times since it cracked up on Netflix. Fucking hell. Yeah. But, like you said, this is exactly in my wheelhouse. I... Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It, it's it is. only like a six, six and a half out of ten for me. But I will lap this shit up. And if I get to watch uh, Anna Dianimis, um, you know, cavort about in not a lot for an hour and a half, Fuck it, I can do that. That's easy. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm touching cloth. You know, I'm not going to say. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not going to say it's definitely shit because 
there's there's enough in it that I I points. Yeah, it is genuinely fun at points. When they are like when they are terrorizing him, it's it's pretty good. And it's got free fucking pizza and <laughs> bitch, you barking up the wrong tree. I'm from Oakland. I know I know a stank asshole when I see one. That's probably my line of the year. Just the fact that that you it comes out of nowhere to come out of that guy. Uh, it's it, it's so it comes out of nowhere and it is so well well delivered. Uh, but yeah, the it's I don't know. It's just, it's a fucking it's a funny movie. Knock knock. I was. The trailers, I was very much like, I, I, I have no interest in this. And then after about half an hour, I was like, this is, this is bad. But once they start terrorizing him, just the, the kind of the, the verve and the, 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 the kind of, I don't know, the, the joy that they seem to have in what yeah. they're doing, um, and the, the fun and the, there's no consequence in their minds to it, and the fact that, that. No matter which way you look at it, yes, Keanu Reeves' character did a bad thing. It is all their fucking fault. <laughs> you know, they they essentially free pizza him. He ate the fucking slice, and then now they're chastising him for it. I, I, they, they, they should, but it is a little bit like, oh, you know, the fact that he's saying, "I'm a good guy, I'm a good dad, I, I made, I made a." fucking stupid mistake i can get behind the stupid mistake idea when it's that particular stupid mistake. it's it's a rigged game yeah for sure and i mean like like i say from a just a having like balls and what that does to your brain chemistry and shit like that i yeah a stupid mistake i think is fair but again you you just you jerk off even if they're still there you just go in the bathroom you jerk off it's a it, 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 it's a it, like i say I, I would i would snap for us and i would show becky when she got back and go i am fucking telling you they were coming up for this you see this see these two these two that that is a testament to what we fucking have it, that and you are never allowed to even look at another man ever again because I just turned this down. Yes, yeah, quite literally, it, 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 it's that, it's that. Which, which, which I know Becky's reaction would be, you fucking dumbass. That would be her reaction to, to that. I thank you for it, and, and, and well done you, but you dumb bastard. I'm a fan of your wife. <laughs> so yeah, not knock. I am. <laughs> Ah, do you know what? I was going into it, touching cloth, and I seem like I've been really negative. But I'm gonna go with definitely not shit. I've you've you've had a slightly jovial sound to your voice ever since we started talking about it. I think you'd say definitely not shit. Uh, yeah, because I I think I just I just I got enough out of it. I enjoyed it. I genuinely I felt uncomfortable watching some of it. I just it's not it's not one of it. It's not one of my wheelhouse films, but for what it was, I thought it had enough that I'm not entirely pissed off that I spent ninety eight or whatever minutes watching it. So you know, which I think is a victory because I I wasn't really too pumped going in. I wouldn't have watched this until like uh, till one really. I would have watched this at probably three in the morning on Netflix when I couldn't sleep on like on a, on a Saturday night or something like that. If no, hadn't have gone from absolutely hating it oh that was funny half an hour to get him to go in do you know what you've got to watch this now 
He was pretty much live WhatsApping us, wasn't he? he? Was, yeah, and he wasn't saying it's good. He was basically saying you've got to watch this. And I, I literally, you started watching it, and then you were kind of messaging, and I was like, I, I, I might give this a watch actually. And both you and Nose went, you, 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 but yeah, yeah, to watch this. But yeah, I, I, I really could see myself watching it again. No, fair. I, 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 I know I will. I will never watch this again. I would happily watch a YouTube video of free fucking pizza and bitch, I'm from Oakland. Um, I'll be honest, the more I think about it, let me just point, there there are bits of this movie that I outright don't like, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's even that great a movie, but I still enjoyed it. I am a nice looking steelbook away from buying it, probably. Fuck's sake. (laughs) Just because it, literally, it is the sort of thing that that I will lap up. Which will be evidence from some of the movies I will talk about later on. God, yeah, fair enough. All right. Good for you. Go on, then. Um, what have you been watching this week? All right, so let's talk about some paranormal activity, then. Yeah, paranormal activity and Bond have been your, your bits this week, haven't we? That's all I've been fucking watching, man. That's all I've been watching. I'll, I'll start with paranormal activity, which was kind of nice in a way, because this and Knock Knock are the only two non-Bond films I think I've seen in the last two weeks apart actually no in the last week I mean obviously we had the Del Toro stuff yeah but it's been Bond for me this week because I got lax in my watching before Spectre um and I'm only just going to make it as well like today's the Sunday I'm going to see Spectre on Tuesday I've I've got most of Quantum of Solace left to watch and Skyfall to watch so literally, I am going to get in under the wire. That's twenty three. Twenty four. Twenty four. No, twenty three. Sorry, twenty three yeah. movies uh, in what, three months. You've been doing it for? Uh no, no, I've been doing it for longer than that. I, I think I started it like six months ago, and I was saying if I do one a week, I'll be fine, and I can do one a week. And then I just didn't do one a week. That's still, it's a lot of movies to come in with other movies. Yeah, this is this is it, man. Like fucking, I got. Like, two weeks ago, I was on The Living Daylights. So, literally, I've done The Living Daylights, License to Kill, Golden Eye, Tomorrow Never Dies, The World Is Not Enough, Die Another Day, Casino Royale. Up, up to now, in two weeks, I've done seven Bond films. And we uh, and all the Del Toro ones, and Crimson Peak, and Paranormal Activity. And Knock Knock. That's a, that, that, that's a big kind of Bond what is it um ratio yeah the good the, i mean I, i'll talk about paranormal activity first now i'll yeah. get to bond later but um yeah so paranormal activity the ghost dimension um first off i've got no idea why it's called the ghost dimension the paranormal <laughs> activity films have never been about ghosts and they, they don't go to another dimension <laughs> so it's just it's just a fun sounding title then. The spooky sounding yeah, title. Yeah, and it's a goofy as shit sounding title as well. So I just it Yeah. Okay, story is basically um like I said like I said earlier, I missed the first couple of minutes, so there might have been something I missed, but uh basically it's around kind of Christmas. This family, uh mum and dad and uh, daughter and um, their un- uh, the, the like the uncle staying as well. Uh, they just moved into this house. Uh, they find a bunch of tapes and a video camera with some weird internals. 
um, they start using the video camera and um, it's like kind of an old school VHS camera, but there's like distortion in it. And it turns out that basically somehow, and it's never actually explained like why this cam, why this camera was made or who put it there really. I don't think. Um, but yeah, basically it can see, um, uh, demons. Um, but it's a bit, it's a bit confusing because basically I'm going to spoil the shit out of this. Uh, yeah, I know, I know you don't care. It's just for anyone who does. Um, basically it starts off small, the demon, and it grows in power because they're giving it more attention by like, like looking at it through this camera and trying to interact with it and stuff. And they don't know what it is at first. And then they, they, it basically gets more malevolent as it goes along. Um, so the thing is, I don't know why the demon was small because it appears to be the same one that's been in all the other films, but it was like doing loads of shit in all the other ones. So it's like, does it start off small in all the other ones and then grow and grow and grow and then the film ends and then it just reverts back to small? Or or does this just not make any sense? And it's, it's probably the latter. Um, <laughs> so basically it, go, it goes on. They get suspicious about the stuff going on in the house and the little girl started talking to an imaginary friend called Toby. Um, and it turns out it's the demon. And what are they doing? Um... Basically, the girls from, like, the girl who killed the boyfriend at the end of the first one and her sister were taken back in the 80s. I think it's at the end of Paranormal Activity 3. They're taken to, like, their their parents are killed and they live in, like, a witch's coven and they're summoning a demon. But in order to raised the demon. I don't know why the girls were taken either. That film does it, it doesn't actually explain why they were. Um and they need to summon the demon by using the blood of two children, both born on the sixth of June two thousand and five. However, this is play, taking place in the eighties, so they build a fucking like gateway in time. So it's not a dimension jump, it's just a jump in time. So it should have been ghost time jump except not ghost because it's not a ghost so it should have been called paranormal activity time jump to be more accurate and it would have been a better title i think (laughs) um and yeah so they um basically the girl in the first one is possessed in the first one and then in the second one she steals her sister's kid who was born on the 6th of june 2005 and I suppose the inference is that somehow the cult programmed the, her sister to have her kid born on the 6th of June 2005. But like somehow, because it turns out it's her son that they need, but they wouldn't have known that back in the 80s. So I don't get that. And the other kid is the kid in this film who um, a the estate agent for the people buying this house it turns out that she was actually one of the witches and they set them up in this house. And then the girl in the house is like draws a doorway in a wall and it goes back to the eighties and then they take her blood and then they summon the demon and then everybody dies. And then the mum goes back to the eighties 
and then the demon's there, and then the mum dies, and then the film ends, and I still don't know where Paranormal Activity 4 came into it. <laughs> that all sounds incredibly confusing for a the type of movie it is. Like, gen- like they, to be fair, they said, yeah, this is the last one, we're going to answer shit. And they did, kinda, but uh, there is no way, there is no way that they had like what was actually going to happen in this film in their heads when they were even doing the fourth one. <laughs> Literally, the fourth one, I think, is referenced in like one line where they say, oh, and they say she killed a bunch of people in Nevada or something. Hmm. And that's literally the only way the fourth one comes into it, as far as I remember. I like it, it's because the fourth one is basically a retread of the third one, but it's set in the modern day, whereas the third one's a prequel, which shows how the the girl from the first one and her sister in the second one kind of came to be like possessed and shit. But I don't know why they were possessed, and I don't know why she like. She was possessed in the first one, I think, so that she could then, like, kill her sister in the second one, then steal her sister's kid, maybe? But I don't know. The thing is, like, the the film itself is terminally boring. (laughs) Um, And the only thing it's got going for it is the fact that I genuinely don't know whether it answered stuff or whether it just threw a bunch of, like questions in the air and said the answer to that question is microwave toaster the answer to this question is monkey tennis <laughs> the answer to this question is e equals mc squared it it's it i it just it literally i i don't know if it made sense but, but they answered questions but no one knows if the question was even the same question yeah this is it they they answered yes they answered things but those answers may not have been answers to things that were actually requiring an answer before this film <laughs> yeah so th- i mean the rest of it is it's the pretty much the same structure as every single fucking one of these films but it doesn't the ghost dimension stuff yeah there's like blurry lines and as it grows in power it becomes like black oily stuff standing over the kid great um and then they try and exercise it at the end for some reason. Then that doesn't work, obviously. Um, the thing is, oh, yeah, there was another paranormal activity film as well, the Marked Ones, mm. which has absolutely no bearing on this film whatsoever. The Marked Ones has a really good ending, which ends with a guy, the main guy in it being taken back to the setting of the first film. And he turns out to be something causing some of the goings on in the first one, which was kind of interesting in a time loopy kind of way. And the time loop kind of sets up the time loop in this one. But at the same time, it just, it's the, 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 the scares are so, the thing is the scares are really telegraphed because this time you can see the demon doing shit. So it's like, all right, well, something's going to happen in a minute then, isn't it? And then it happens. (laughs) <laughs> um, I, 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 I don't know they've all got cameras again for very little reason um, the acting's pretty univer- uniformly terrible um, and it, it, I mean I don't know it's like 80 minutes and then it just ends and then like all the people sitting in the cinema with me we just all were like right okay that was that then was it <laughs> and I mean, it, I mean it's certainly one of the worst films I've seen this year just because 
I feel really dumb for being confused by it, but it, I think it was confused itself. Yeah. And it's just, it feels like such a weirdly, bleh, whatever, end like, to a series that's had like, this is the sixth film in seven years. But how? It, 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 it literally has it's because it's made a movie, made a movie, made money, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing is, I don't hate all of them. I like the first one. The second one, I'm very niddling on. The third one, I really liked because it did some different shit. I mean, like it's. I mean, this is damning with faint praise, but the third one introduces the idea of a moving camera, and somehow that's enough to get you through it. And also, the ending of that film is quite surprising. The fourth one is Bobbins. It is, a sen- it, like I say, it's a remake of the third one, except in modern times. And then the marked ones is actually kind of interesting because they put a different spin on it. And it's a guy who gets possessed, but like he's kind of having fun with the powers at first. And it's almost a, it's almost like Chronicle-esque at times is the marked ones. Mm. And that actually has some interest but this, I mean, it's it's weird because the marked ones, it was a spin-off. It was aimed at Latino audiences and they, they were thinking it was going to be the start of something. And then that one just went to nothing. And then they just went, oh, yeah, we'll make another one. It'll be the last one. That'll be it. All right. Bye. You know, it's been dashed off. It's done fuck all at the box office in the US. Yeah. It's, um, really far, isn't it? it yeah. it's been the highest budget of a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can kind of, I mean, like the 3D work on it alone would probably require a couple of million dollars, which would push it into like the highest budget of all of them. Um, but yeah, I, it's just, for it's a really like, a lot of people have seen this series. It doesn't feel like anyone particularly likes the series and now it's over. Yeah, I mean, I think that because there was, there were actually talking, weren't they, of, of, of possibly if this one did really well of doing another one in a couple of years time like the only way they'd be able to do it though would be literally if the demon was walking the earth which would actually be interesting I mean in a way it'd be kind of like Last Exorcism Part 2 or something I mean the Last Exorcism have you seen the Last Exorcism 2 I haven't seen Last Exorcism Part 2 right can, can I spoil Exorcism. Do, you, do you mind if I spoil no. the ending All right. right the last five minutes of the Last Exorcism 2 is great because the, the like a good loses, evil wins, and it ends with the girl fully possessed up, walking down a street, doing shit, <laughs> just like setting fire to stuff and flipping cars, and just walking down a street looking badass, being evil, and it's a really cool ending for an otherwise really shit film. <laughs> um, and it, like if there was a paranormal activity that kind of went in that direction like maybe you know but as it is uh uh-uh uh-uh no (laughs) just not 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 very good then no i mean it's it's terrible um i I mean i'm I'm, I'm, you know i'm glad you didn't watch it now because i would have felt bad (laughs) but um yeah anyway i'll i'll shut up for a bit you go ahead man all right, uh, I'll do mine. I'll do mine in two blocks. Uh, I'll do the old stuff, and then I'll go into the the new stuff uh, in, in my next block. Um, I, uh, off the back of um, Knock Knock, decided to uh, re-enter the world of the uh, the 
mid nineties thriller. Um, Re-enter. You're in that world every week. Fucking hell, yeah. Uh, I rewatched uh, William Freakin's Jade. <laughs> Have you seen this with that? Um, yeah, like when I was a lot younger. <laughs> And I watched it with my stepbrothers at the time, and I remember being very bored. But yeah, uh, uh, stars uh, David Cruz, um, Linda uh, Fiorentino, uh, who was the the hot shit right then until everyone realised that she was a bit of a dickhead. Yeah, uh, Charles Palmentary, um again, who, who at this point was you know was was hot shit. Uh, Richard Crenna uh, in a very strange role, and uh, Michael Bean uh, as uh, he his, his shit was cooling a little bit. Uh, we'll say. Um, story is, um, David Crusoe uh, plays uh, David Corelli. He's an assistant district attorney who has kind of aspirations to become the uh, district attorney. Uh, he is friends with uh, Charles Palmentary's character, uh, Matt Gavin, who appears to just be a ridiculously uh, hot shit um, uh, defence attorney uh, who... He's making shitloads of money representing essentially very rich people um, who do very bad things. That Gavin's a good name, sorry. Gavin is quite a good name. It's also greedy because it's two first names. Um, He's married to uh, Linda Fiorentino's uh, character, Katrina uh, Gavin, uh, who used to have a thing with David Crusoe's character. uh, And so now there's kind of tension there. And Charles Palmentary constantly throws that back in David Crusoe's face. Uh, and there's this kind of that going on. Uh, they're at a party together, all three of them, uh, when it comes out that uh, some big successful businessman uh, has been killed. Um, and it turns out that um, Linda Fiorentina's um, was at his house earlier that day. And then when they start looking through his stuff, because David Cruz's character is investigating uh, the, the, the quite hideous crime, a, a, a reel of tape is found. Um, on that tape is uh, pictures of Richard Krenner, who plays Lou Edwards, who is a uh, senator, uh, the governor for, I think it's California uh, at the time. Uh, there is essentially photos of him um, doing different sex acts with uh, what is quite clearly a prostitute, uh, it then opens up this whole world, and there's this woman uh, in it called Jade that turns out to be dun 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 Linda Fiorentina's character, who is living this double life, uh, and people end up getting killed off, um, and it's all this big kind of mystery that involves one of the slowest car chases you will ever see. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't remember that. Okay. Yes, there is a car chase um, that happens. In the back streets of San Francisco. That's where it is, actually, San Francisco. Uh, and, of course, William Friedkin, car chase. Um, it, yeah, it, 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 it happens whilst there is a parade, a, a, a Chinese parade going on, and neither car can move, really, other than at a really slow pace, because there are lots of people hitting the cars and throwing, and I'm not joking, throwing what I can assume, only assume is... Uh, is pack choy and lettuce at the cars to stop them from moving. What? Yep, that happens, and that goes on for a good five minutes. Oh, my. Yes. Yes, uh, that happens. Um, David Cruz is going to write off two cars uh, during this movie. Um, it's 
it's 95 minutes long. I know there's a 105 minute long version of this because I saw it on VHS where there is a lot more, uh, a lot more sex in it. I'm going to be honest, um, which I kind of wish I was watching that version because it's sleazier than this version. Um, but it is a little bit of Linda Fiorentina standing around in not a lot of clothes, talking really slowly and seeming really disinterested in everything that's going on. Which she made a career of in the early 90s, of just being a bit of a bitch. Correction, not a bit of a bitch, a bit of a horny bitch uh, with this and the last seduction. Um, but, and Men in Black. Of course, yeah. Horny bitch in Men in Black. Yeah. Um, it's... It, it's it's not a great film, but I, again, I, I kind of enjoyed it. It's it's fun, as in the, the fact that there's so many holes in this movie. Um, it is ridiculous. Um, it, it's it's all big and over the top, and the violence in it is is just fucking amped up. It's not sexy in any way at all. Nobody in it makes a right decision at all uh, throughout the entire thing and everybody is double crossing everybody so you get to the end of the movie where do you want me to spoil the movie that you've already seen that you've probably forgotten the ending turns out Chas Palminteri he did all the killing uh, and he knew about uh, Lyndon Fiorentina's double life um, and now that everything's out in the open he wants her to be as open sexually with him as she was with everybody else because they had quite a pedestrian sex life we'll say uh, and so it kind of closes with that um, out in the end, which makes no fucking sense at all, because you think that actually it's Michael Bain's character and Holt McCartney's character that were doing the, the killing to cover the tracks of Richard Craner. Turns out they were, even though they actually kind of were. So the actual, the actual ending that you think it is makes more sense than the ending that it ends up actually being. Um... Well, I had enough fun rewatching it, uh, to be honest. Um, I also rewatched the uh, 1998 movie uh, Desperate Measures. Uh, I think I'm the only person on the planet that's seen all of Barbette Schroeder's movies. Fuck me. Yeah, hang on. Is this. Um... Oh, God. Is it Gene Hackman? No, you're thinking of... Am I thinking of Extraordinary Measures? You're thinking of Extraordinary Measures, yeah. Gene Hackman and Hugh Grant? Grant, yeah. Yeah, fucking... Oh, right, yeah, okay. What's what's this, then? Desperate Measures stars Michael Keaton, Andy Garcia, Marsha Gay Harden, and Brian Cox. That's a solid... All right, yes. Yeah, it's a solid cast. Story yeah, is... Um, at the start of it, um, Andy Garcia, who is a uh, police officer, Frank Connor, um, breaks into the uh, FBI headquarters and hacks their system to find a uh, to get into the medical records of America, essentially, um, because he's trying to find a bone marrow donor, a bone marrow compatible person for his son, who, if he doesn't get a bone marrow transplant, immediately is going to die. Uh, he finds a donor, and the donor is Peter J. McCabe, who is Michael Keaton's character. Only problem with that is Peter McCabe is a uh, sociopathic killer who uh, is on death row. Uh, finds him, goes to see him, and basically has to ask him and say, look, you're a bone marrow uh, compatible with my son. Will you 
uh, will you essentially donate your bone marrow to save his life? Michael Keaton's character basically goes, no, I don't want to do that. I don't know your kid. Why the fuck would I want to save him? Um, I'm in prison and now I get to kill somebody again. And what do you do? It's a cop's kid. So no. He then thinks about it a little bit and decides, actually, do you know what? Yes. Yes, I am going to donate bone marrow, but only if you get me X, Y, and Z. It then comes out that um, Andy Garcia and Brian Cox, who plays his uh, commanding officer, basically say the only reason why he's doing this is so he can escape. And uh, we know, but all we have to do is make sure he can't escape and we're foiling a criminal and my son gets to live. Then do you know what happens? Do you know what happens, Ian? He escapes. Yes. So then you've got Michael Keaton running wild in a hospital um, as Andy Garcia is desperately trying to get him, but without killing him, because the minute they kill him, he can't. his bone marrow is useless because uh, it, re- it deoxygenates and essentially becomes bad and it can't be used. So you've got Michael Keaton desperately trying to get out of the building whilst Andy Garcia is desperately trying to keep him in the building whilst Brian Cox is saying, look, we've got to kill him because he's running about killing all of us whilst Andy Garcia is trying to stop everybody else from killing him whilst also dragging Marsha Gay Harden and his kid around with him so that he can essentially capture him and very quickly get his bone out of him and into his kid. And that goes on for like an hour and 45 minutes. Christ. Yeah, it's it is an absolute midweek Netflix. This is this is this film is ideal if it crops up on Netflix for you to watch over two days on your way to and from work. Oh, I do like those because it is absolutely that because it never builds up enough tension and suspense that you will lose that tension and suspense whilst you know you have to keep stopping it to watch it in 30, 40 minute blocks. But also, it's over the top and Michael Keaton going so much throughout it that it's it's entertaining enough that you will go, do you know what? That was enjoyable to watch in 40-minute bursts. You can either watch it like that or you can watch it on a Wednesday, on a rainy fucking Wednesday night at at 10 o'clock. They are the only two moments you can watch this movie. I had a lot of fun with it, and it, it, it is fun. But yeah, it's it's certainly not worthy, and I never pay attention to these. But it currently has a seventeen percent Rotten Tomato rating. I'm noticing, which I never pay attention to that shit. But it's definitely not deserving of that. It's, yeah, that sounds harsh. It's fun. Uh, and the final one I'll do in my little in, in this this particular little burst I've got is based off Knock Knock. Uh, I rewatched uh, Michael Haneke's uh, 2007. Uh, version of Funny Games which I adore mm. Uh, mm. I love his 1997 German, Austrian version of, of Funny Games but I also really really like the remake um, I think you can have both of them uh, and look at them in different ways like Haneke himself says which is look you've got an Austrian version of it and you have an Americanized version of it they are they are not two films they're not a remake they are two versions of the same film coming from two different places. And that's what he says about them. And he's the guy who made them, so I'm happy to take off what he says. 
Uh, the good thing about this one is you have Michael Pitt, who is absolutely made for this character. Yes. It's it's the great thing about, um, I think, that, that Funny Games does that Knock Knock doesn't do. is it, Funny Games quite literally tells you off and quite literally blames you for everything that's happening, mm-hmm. which is magnificent. The fact that you have these moments where Michael Pitt turns around and looks at the camera. And the first one, he just turns around and looks at the camera. And then the next one, he turns around out of the blue and goes, well, what do you think? Oh, wait a minute. You want them to win, don't you? Ah, uh, I'm not bothered what you think. Then. And then the mm-hmm. next one is, he, you know, there's the hit where, you know, when things don't go his way, he stops, loses shit, and then goes, no, wait a minute. Picks for a remote and rewinds, rewinds time. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then tells the audience off. And then, you know, there's this. It's it's such a brilliant movie in the fact that, you know, you have the earlier bit where it's, um, where you know the kid comes in and asks for the knife, and then it gets left in the boat, and she finds the knife, and you think it's it, and then he just goes, "Oh, just get it off her." And so you get it off, and you don't even see him get it off, he just gives him it. And then Pitt just looks at it, and then looks at the camera, and then just throws it behind him. Yeah. It's just, these guys are just shits. They're just assholes. And that is their only motivation, is they are just assholes, who essentially are going to go from house to house across this lake being assholes. Mm. And just playing everything by their own rules. Uh, it's infuriating because Tim Roth's character is just pathetic. Naomi Watts' character is strong, but has to essentially, everything that's happening to her is happening to her for two reasons. One, because she's a little bit of a bitch in a re- in a situation where she, it's reasonable for her to be a little bit of a bitch, but she's a little bit too much of a bitch. And two, her husband is pathetic. Mm. And they actually are calling him saying, well, you know, he's pathetic. That's why this is all happening, because he, he, he can't be mad enough to, to stand up for it. And he isn't. And he knows he isn't. And she knows he isn't. But it, it, it's all part of what Anarchy is, is, is trying to get across. And it's still... I know there's a lot of people that don't like this version and will say, well, why would you watch that version when you can watch the other version? Well, it's, why would I watch this version when I could watch the other version? Because they're two movies. I can watch both of them. Sure, yeah. Absolutely. This version has Michael Pitt being incredibly charismatic uh, in it, which the 1997 version doesn't have. Uh, But yeah, it's still as powerful. It's still as punchy. It's still as fucking, you know, this is made by a guy, I think, in his mid-50s, and it is the most punk filmmaking of its time. It is just fantastic, the fact that you, in the opening credits, you go from having you know classical music to having metal works so well uh, mm. it, it really is a, a magnificent movie yeah man I, I haven't seen it in years but I do need I, I, yeah I need to kind of go back into Hanukkah oh, yeah go for a rewatch a, a funny, of, of, of that funny game I'm going to rewatch uh, Hidden uh, as well at some point very soon oh I like that uh, yeah because that's just improved. that's magnificent uh, mm. yeah so go on then uh, Bond is up baby yeah, man, uh, I'll, I'll go quick. So I've probably got about 10, 15 minutes left before I'm going to have to go. So uh, let me see. What can I do? Right. So I think I left it off at A View to a Kill last time. Um, 
Living Daylights, uh, Timothy Dalton's first one. Uh, good little Cold War kind of caper kind of thing, this one. Um, has less of the, the kind of the gadgets going on, but um, the, the girl in it's decent. Um, it's an interesting uh, like chase which culminates in him and the girl just on a cello case speeding down a hill which uh, is kind of goofy but enjoyable at the same time. But it's it's kind of reminiscent of what Brian De Palma did with the first Mission Impossible film, where it kind of feels like just an old-school spy thriller, but with, like, kind of modern, of-the-day modern kind of techniques going on in there as well, and, like, technology. So, uh, yeah, like The Living Daylights. License to Kill, um, a bit of a what-the-fuck, because it's basically, a, like, a 90s revenge thriller, which happens to be a Bond film. Um it's actually, I'd be intrigued to see what you think about License to Kill, to be honest, because it, it, it just does feel like a one-off. It's um, bad shit happens to people close to Bond. Bond goes out for revenge. And, and you know, and, and it's... Get on with that. Yeah, uh, you know, it's fucking Robert Davi and Benicio Del Toro as the bad guys. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, like it's all it's set in Miami. There's like in the drug trade. It's all quite sleazy, and there's like a yuppie kind of guy who's like one of the, like the businessman of it. And it's it just it doesn't feel like a Bond film in the slightest. Um, and Michael Kamen does the score, and it's a, 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 a very kind of Michael Kamen score. Even like the Bond theme at the start's all uh, kind of overblown and dramatic, and uh, it's. Uh, I, I I quite like it, um, but it just it doesn't feel like a Bond film. What does feel like a Bond film is Goldeneye, uh, which uh, completely kind of takes it takes it back, but uh, try tries to be modern in the nineties. You know, you got a uh, Bond being called a misogynist dinosaur by Judy Dench, um, and uh, it's you, you've got Famke Janssen as Zenya on a top um, a. Uh, like a, a woman who basically just kills through shagging men and then just like crushing their larynxes and oh, stuff with her thighs. Yeah. Uh, which, which is uh, I don't know, interesting. I I I like Goldeneye. Uh, again, the, the the plots again like Living Daylights is a kind of an old school kind of feel to it. Um, it's got a fantastic chase scene with Bond in a tank just driving through Moscow, like running into shit which is uh, really, really, really enjoyable. I think it's probably the single best moment of any of the Brosnan ones, actually. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, Brosnan kind of fits the role like a glove as well. Dalton had a very kind of a serious... like He, he seems less jokey than Daniel Craig is, and Daniel Craig is barely jokey. But at least Daniel Craig has a bit of a smile on his face sometimes. Dalton pretty much doesn't. He's he's very serious, and Brosnan just looks like he's. <coughs> oh, excuse me, Brosnan just looks like he's having fun uh, throughout pretty much the whole thing. Um, he's always got a smirk on his face. He's got more one-liners than I remember, like a, like a greater volume of one-liners than I remember any of the uh, of the other bonds having. Frank, even more, um, like he's got one-liners coming out all over the place. Not so much in Goldeneye, but. Certainly by Die Another Day, it's almost like every single line's a one-liner. Um, but, uh, so yeah, Goldeneye, I, you know, I quite like it. Uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, um, personally, my worst of the Brosnan films, I find it 
boringly paced. Uh, there's a whole subplot with Terry Hatcher, which goes absolutely fucking nowhere and just feels like it was because Terry Hatcher was hot shit at the time. So they had to try Exactly as it was, yeah. Yeah, so they just had to force her into it somehow, and it's bad. Jonathan Price is terrible. <laughs> um, he's it's a one note like Rupert, like e, like an even more evil version of Rupert Murdoch, basically, who makes the news by literally causing conflicts, um, and he's just constantly talking talking up his his plans and how brilliant he is. And how he's going to be the source of information, but then every every now and then, like, just comes out with really shitty quips as well. But you know, you've got Bond saying things like "How's that for a deadline?" and things like that. So it's you know, but I mean, Michelle Yeoh's in it, and she's all right. They barely have any chemistry, but whatever. There's a fun bit where Bond's like driving a BMW using his phone. And he's hiding in the car while he's doing it. And he's just got a smile on his face the whole time he's doing it. Like, this is fucking awesome, which I, I, I quite enjoy. But, yeah, it, it's I, it, the, the plot bores me, frankly. And, uh, I, yeah, I didn't get on with it. Um, the world is not enough. Um, not bad. Not great. Um, Sophie Marceau is, is a really good Bond villain. It's just too bad they kill her with half an hour to go, and you basically end with Robert Carlyle and uh, Pierce Brosnan having a fight in a sub on some monkey bars or something. <laughs> um, Denise Richards, she's not that bad. Yeah. She, she's a new. I mean, she's a nuclear scientist in it, so you know. But she's not that bad. It's just it's Denise Richards. Richards is a nuclear scientist mm. called Christmas Jones. Which means you get. I thought Christmas only comes once a year. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a little bit like. Uh... Yeah, but I mean, some of the action's pretty good. There's a speedboat chase uh, on the Thames at the start, which is pretty solid. Uh, Carlisle, they don't really do anything much with him. The thing is, it's weird because he's set up as the main villain, but then it turns out that Sophie Marceau's kind of the main villain. But then she gets killed off, and then it's, oh, no, actually, Robert Carlyle is the main villain. It's very mixed in that way. Um, but it's it's the... You know, they say it's the first Bond with um, a woman as the villain, and Octopussy kind of did, but then she kind of turns around like in that film, so I suppose I suppose not. Um, but it's it's fine. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not terrible. I didn't find it as boring as The World Is Not Enough, but I didn't find it as fun as Goldeneye. And then you've got Die Another Day, which a lot of people say is the idea of the Bond franchise et al. And uh, I, I don't think so. There are Bond films I I get on with less. Um, some of the Roger Moore stuff I, I'm, I'm not massive on. Um, a lot of people like For Your Eyes Only. I'm not big on that. I think I'd actually rather watch Die Another Day again than For Your Eyes Only. And probably just pissed off a lot of people saying that. But the thing is with Die Another Day, it's absolutely the most like ridiculous thing. And it knows it is. It starts with Bond surfing. It's got Madonna doing the fucking title song and then having a cameo role, which is so... That whole thing is so early noughties, it fucking hurts. I know she had a cameo role. I don't oh, yeah. ever seen that one, to be honest. Yeah, oh yeah. She I, have, I don't think I don't remember it. Oh, um, 
the, the thing is, it was like the 50th anniversary of, oh no, the 40th anniversary of Bond. Um, and I think it was the 20th, no, was it the 20th film and maybe the anniversary as well? But there's a bunch of references to old ones. There's quite a fun bit with uh, uh, R, well, the new Q played by John Cleese, um, who was only in the franchise for two films, bless him. But um, where like they're, they're in the lab and there's a bunch of props from the old ones and like references to the old ones, which is, you know, it's fun. I also I don't think Halle Berry's that bad. She's having fun with it quips constantly but you know that's fine and then toby stevens is the bad guy he is enjoyably smarmy and he's playing up the smart because that's part of the role um and it also turns i mean it turns out that he's a north korean guy who got his dna replaced so uh you know it's batshit um but i i mean the thing is the the action is trying really hard to be cool this this is the one that wants to be down with the kids the most. And it it completely falls flat on its face in that regard. But I quite like the invisible car. Um I I I I like Brosnan in it. Um his I mean like his bond never gets any character development whatsoever, but I I I just I have fun with him as Bond. Um and I quite enjoyed my time watching it. So, you know, there, there you go. Uh, I, it's, I'm, I'm, it's kind of damning it with faint praise. But there were other Bond films that I've not enjoyed my, my time actually sitting through the whole thing. You Only Live Twice. Yes, that film's got incredible sets. It's also got Bond very dodgily dressing up as a Japanese man. And... Yeah. And, and I mean, that one's really overlong as well. There's a really boring section where he's just living in rural Japan. And um, it, it, it's, I mean, I would watch Die Another Day over that as well. I would watch Die Another Day over Tomorrow Never Dies, um, For Your Eyes Only, You Only Live Twice. Um, let me think. There's got to be others. The thing is, Moonraker, I just enjoyed that he goes up to space in the end because it's retarded. <laughs> um, Octopussy, I'd watch Die Another Day before Octopussy um, again. Um, probably A View to a Kill. You know, it's just, it's not, it is by far not my worst Bond film. And I think for a lot of people it is. Mm. Um, and then finally, uh, Casino Royale, which um, I really 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 like that film packs an awful lot into like two hours 25 minutes that is a fucking great movie yeah it's a, it's a great bond movie it's a great fucking movie yeah yeah man i mean it's a long run time but it's pacey it's got it switches things up quite a lot and you know the the ending is genuinely you see how bond becomes bond in his relationship with women based on what happens to him yeah he gets so burnt by eva green that it just alters him yeah i did the 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 the, the scene of him where he's in the uh shower uh with um with eva green there uh and she's like freaking out because she's you know she's just witnessed someone getting killed for the first time um bond literally just sits next to her and he's literally just hugging her as the shower's just on. That, I think, is one of the most beautiful scenes in, in, in across cinema. I think it's an incredible scene. 
the way it kind of pulls back as yeah, well. And it just, just lets the piano like play in the background. It's yeah, it's very nicely done. Gorgeous shot. Um, and it, it, it's a shot of complete tenderness. Um, at, you know, towards another person. And it's in a fucking Bond movie. Yeah. That, that, that it was the movie that went, ah, do you know what? I might enjoy this incarnation of Bond. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, I really, really like it. So, um, yeah, I've just got um, Quantum Solace and Skyfall to go now, and I'll probably talk about those next week anyway. So I will very, very quickly, literally, like, literally 30 seconds. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah, don't worry. Yeah, uh, don't go over it. Uh, I watched The Final Girls, uh, not Final Girl. Um, I watched The Final Girls, which they are two different movies. I started watching the wrong fucking one. Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> stopped it and put on the right one um, oh. I enjoyed the final girls um, it's it, it's a little bit too long which it's only 90 minutes long so it gets it gets a little bit too takes a little bit too seriously towards the end of the movie it is it shouldn't uh, take itself too seriously uh, but there's a great scene with Angela uh, Trimbar playing uh, Trimbar sorry playing Tina where she's like the the, the slutty kind of um, crazy girl, you know, bouncy, bouncy girl. Uh, and there's a scene of her uh, on Adderall, which is fucking hilariously uh, played. Um, so there are a lot of good bits in it, but I, I did I did really quite enjoy it, to be honest, um, which is good for a modern kind of comedy horror. Uh, I also watched Cooties, another horror, modern horror, horror comedy. Um, oh, how's this? Yeah, I I enjoyed it. It's it's fun enough. It's um, it's less interested in being cool uh, and meta than um, the Final Girls is, but that's what the Final Girls is. So you can't really criticize it for being what it is. Is what I'll say there. Um, yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. Elijah Wood uh, is very good in it. Uh, Ray Wilson. Um, it, it does what he does where he's usually always the most entertaining thing in any movie he's in. Um, Lee Wanell's entertaining it. Um, Alison Pill is a little bit like, oh, God, yeah, I remember her. She was she was in a lot and was like the next big thing for like five years ago. And then now you realise and go, oh, that's why she's not in a lot more now. Because she's just not very good, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but it, it's fun. Um Let's say that the, the violence, the gore, and it's quite entertaining. Um, the fact that they're just beating the shit out of all these kids is is also quite entertaining. Uh, so yeah, it, it's worth a watch. Uh, and I watched uh, Mississippi Grind, um, the Ryan Reynolds, uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Um, that seems like an up your street one. Yeah, gambling um, movie. Um, essentially, you've got two um, characters: uh, a degenerate gambler played by Ben Mendelsohn, uh, who is He's a gambler who isn't a good gambler, but kind of thinks that the next big win is just round the corner, even though he knows it's not. Uh, and then you've got Ryan Reynolds, who is playing the the charismatic, everything's just a game to me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm playing for the fun of it, not for the actual the money, who kind of swaggers in. And every time he swaggers in, Ben Mendelsohn's character starts to get luck and starts to win. So it says, look... You need to. We need to travel down the Mississippi, uh, get this big tournament that you, you're talking about, and we'll win the prize money on the way down there because you're my fucking lucky charm. And Ryan Reynolds' character decides, do you know what? Yeah, 
let's do it. And then along the way, you start to find out that Reynolds isn't quite exactly as, as together as he would seem. And you get his vulnerability going through and you get all of that. And it kind of goes to the places where you kind of expect it to go to. Um, but it doesn't quite go as it doesn't quite go as far as you'd expect it to go. It always keeps itself within line and doesn't get into the absolute, you know, oh, that's so fucking obvious. But along the line, you're going along it with Ben Mendelssohn playing a slightly pathetic but broken man who is a good guy. He just he has an addiction that he can't control. Mm. And you've got Reynolds playing a incredibly charismatic but broken in a different way kind of guy, and you're going along both of their routes, and they keep clashing together. It's it, it, I I really 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 enjoyed it. I think it's a it's it's everything I want from this type of movie. It's um, you've got you know broken men just trying to get by Reynolds is 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 fantastic in it you know uh, Ben Mendelsohn can do this kind of role in his sleep but he still brings so much to it it's a lot of fun uh, Sienna Miller is fantastic for the the little cameo she makes in it um, but yeah it, it's it's absolutely worth a watch because at points it breaks you as you go oh why have you why did you do that um and not not in the way that you would think, uh, and also at points it makes you smile. Okay, nice. Throughout it, it it's it's a fun, it's a really fun but quite heartbreaking movie at the same time. Uh, a definite definite recommend. And I was a little bit gutted that it only got a a very limited release. Cool, man. All right, no, nice. Um, right, we do have a a couple of questions. Uh, first one is from TGP seventy three Ginger Prince. Uh, who's the most unexpected visitor you've had? Yeah, right, okay. I've got one here. Um, back when we were living in Bristol, um, we, uh, like, I, we had uh, the in-laws round and we were having Sunday lunch and we were in our living room eating around the table when this fucking kid comes running into our flat <laughs> and just in into our lounge, runs around the table a couple of times and then just runs straight out again. <laughs> How old was he? Like five, six. <laughs> and it was just like, what just happened? <laughs> and, and, like it was, it was weird as well because he he looked like he needed a bath. Oh. And it was a bit like what, like, and we went out after and we like. It, he seemed to be with his mum. It seemed to be okay. But it was a bit, what the shit was that about? <laughs> yeah. Um, mine, uh, maybe not as much of a visitor, but I, I woke up one morning when we were in our first flat, me and Becky. Uh, but I've been out with a friend, uh, Mac, and we've got a little bit, a little bit tipsy. Um, and I, I, I remember, it's one of those, it used to happen quite a lot. I remember going out, I remember getting home. Um, and I got home um, and said to Bex, I woke up next morning like, on the sofa, I was like to Bex, had a shower, came out and went, what's, whose bag's that on the, there was like a duffel bag on the table, and she went, I don't know, you you brought it home last night and said that you were going to show me it, 
in a minute, and then you went and fell asleep on the sofa. So I haven't <laughs> touched it. I was like, all right, fair enough. So um, I went over to the bag, lifted it up, thought, heavy. I don't know what's in it. It feels weird. Opened it up, and there was a snake in it. Oh, T.L. I closed it quickly, ran back up and went, okay, why have I got a, a, a duffel bag with a snake in it? She's like, I'm, I, I don't know. Like, right, meet me back in the pub in like, it's quarter to 11 in like 20 minutes, and we'll try and work out what's going on. Fucking hell. Walk back in the pub, and the, um, the landlord, Steve, just points me and goes, nope. Nope, nope, the bag stays outside. <laughs> what? He, went, he went, you're not bringing a fucking snake in here. I was like, so you know there's a snake in here? He's like, yes, yes, because Terry, Terry, who was a window, uh, a double glazing salesman, who never actually seemed to be at work, always seemed to be in the pub, right? But he was a double glazing salesman, as in he worked for a stand in a home base, said that he had a snake and he wanted to get rid of it because his wife didn't like it. Said, apparently then I insisted that he go and get the snake, bring it back to the pub so I could buy it off him. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah, so I woke up with a snake in my living room. Jesus yeah. Christ, bud. Yeah, yeah. Like, stuff like that used to happen a lot. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you know, usually it was people. It wasn't usually animals. It was, who's that person? And Becky going, I don't know, you brought them home. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, whoops. That and I used to make jelly in the bath. Nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Becky would frequently wake up to a bath with half set jelly with like Mars bars and rollers and shit just stuck in it because <laughs> I'd done it while I was shit faced. T.L. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rob T. Cell Virus uh, at Stupid Face Rob. Uh, if you could dress up as any film character for Halloween, who and what would it be? Klaus Kinski and Fitzcarraldo. Oh, that's brilliant. That's yes. Oh, you. Oh, that lovely hat and the suit and whatnot. Uh, Why not? And no one would know who I was. Yeah. Um, Klaus Kinski in um, in Dracula. Fucking Tom Waits in Dracula. Tom Waits in Dracula. Yes. Uh, and we have another one. Uh, Robert Virus. Uh, if you had two naked girls in your house, how quickly do you remember the film and kill both of them? What teenage girls? Two naked girls. I'm, th- I'm thinking it is meaning. Um, uh, okay. Let's say if you had the the scene where they're in the bathroom in Knock Knock. How quickly do you remember Knock Knock and kill them? What point do you kill them? You don't kill them. You do what we said earlier on. Yeah. You you have a little super happy fun time with yourself, and then you tell them to get out. Yeah. That one. If you're not married, after, of course. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, like, Jesus, if you, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're his two, what Ian just said, if, if you're somebody else who isn't married, you're insane if you don't. Yes. Yes, um, that was episode 132. I think it's a fucking great episode. Man. Yeah, yeah, enjoyed that, man, yeah. that was fun. Uh, I always enjoy it, but yeah, that was, that was fun. I hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, next week, we are doing, well, we're doing Bond. I'm not going to ask you what we're doing, because I usually do, but we're doing Bond, I'm guessing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, Christ, I think it's the only thing that's out as well, so it's not yeah. like that much of a choice. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, however, I will need to rant about something before we watch it. Before we, we review it, sorry. Uh, there is something that has been bugging the shit out of me that I've been saving up for okay. before we review Bond. 
that is Bond related. Um, so yeah, episode 132. Um, you can get in touch with us, uh, monkey at gmail.com. At Doodle Monkey on Twitter, at uh, Doofon on Twitter, at Ian Laurie on Twitter. Ian, anything else to add? Oh, good, man. That's it. Thank you very much. Cool. Thank you very much, guys, uh, for listening. Speak to you soon.